hello, 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 everybody. We are thankful this day that we are introducing to you what is the first episode of the Live Peaceably podcast uh, from the Northside Church of Christ. My name is Lionel Sims. I serve as the minister of Northside. And with me, my co-host, I have Miss Camille Lewis, mm-hmm. and she's going to introduce herself to you right now. Hello, everyone. As previously stated, my name is Camille Lewis. Um, I am a member of, actually, I'm a member at the church at large. You know, I've got dual membership these days. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, um, lifetime member of the church and also a, a mental health professional. And so I'm really excited to have this opportunity to kind of merge the two loves of my life into one project. So thank you for giving me an opportunity. You didn't gave me a mic. So, okay. All right. It was your fault. You gave me a mic <laughs> and a platform. <laughs> that was intentional. We gave you a mic on purpose because as you guys heard, um, Camille is a mental health professional, and we are looking at Northside to be a congregation that addresses the whole of the person. And Mm -hmm. we feel that it's extremely, extremely important to not only be teachers of things spiritual, but also give practical conversations about how our lives from the inside out can reflect the character of God and know God, honestly, because a lot of our questions and a lot of our cares and concerns um, aren't just on the uh, the practical live out level. Sometimes we're just learning how to answer big questions. And so this podcast that we're giving as a, a, a result of a desire to be of service, but also to um, be, be conversational uh, is going to be just that. Uh, we're just going to talk about things that uh, really center around the subject of what it means to live peaceably. Uh, live peaceably is the kind of the mantra, it's the tagline, our, our vision for Northside, uh, being a congregation that addresses the Prince of Peace and living a lifestyle that reflects the peace that we receive from God. And we want to be pretty much in your heart, not just in your ears, if that makes any sense. So um, as we continue in our conversations, what we want to do is be a resource to you for um, any any uh, any spiritual dialogue that you have that could possibly result in you improving upon your peace, your experience with peace, but also your lifestyle day to day. It's not necessarily all about scripture, but we do want to address the things that we have questions about or that we go through um, that may just kind of need some support or some encouragement. So uh, hopefully our conversation blesses you and encourages you and whatever it needs to do for you, it does for you. Um, and prayerfully, y'all will hear way more of Camille than you hear of me because I will talk if you allow me to talk in a subject that I think I know something about, Same. but please don't hold me to it because I don't know much about the subject, even if I convince you that I do. So Camille. Don't don't listen to him. Uh, Camille, uh, (laughs) as somebody who knows, um, I I would like to ask you, because this whole podcast really is about peace and living peacefully Mm -hmm. and living Mm -hmm. peaceably. um, I want to ask you and your experience, uh, just your thoughts from a foundational level. Um, what's your relationship with peace is like? What's your understanding of peace is like? Uh, just so that we all have an understanding of kind of mm-hmm. where we're coming from as to, in terms of uh, yeah. uh, what we think about the subject. I think my understanding and definition of peace has absolutely evolved over the years. Um, and, you know, growing up in the church, we hear it talked about, I think, in some pretty specific ways. 
you know, we hear about the peace that passes all understanding and trying to find peace in the middle of the storm. And so my initial understanding of peace was just calm and being able to access a sense of calm um, and not have to worry about life. So kind of, uh, you know, thinking about how, I don't know, maybe I thought that once I finally reached that level of peace that nothing would ever bother me anymore because I'm at peace and I have peace, you know, in the Lord. (laughs) Um, And as I have gotten older um, and matured in, in my walk and in my faith and just in my life in general, my relationship with peace and my definition of it has has evolved um, to be maybe a little bit more abstract. I think now what peace is to me is um, uh, I think it's it's a level of of certainty um, in the midst of chaos. So it's a kind of it's it's a kind of duality because we really can't ignore anything that's happening in the world and around us. You know, we are in the world and not of it, but that means that we're subject to just all of the the chaos that continues to ensue. But I think that my understanding of peace is um, it really comes from knowing that uh, that God is in control even in the midst of chaos. So you said and i'm like when you said it i like etched it in my mind so i wouldn't forget <laughs> you said in 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 your explanation um certainty mm-hmm. in the midst of chaos mm-hmm. and i guess you kind of opened up a, a a mental pathway for me with those terms perfect because certainty in the midst of chaos is honestly not only is it is, is it broad enough to reach the span of the definition of peace but what does it mean to be sure of something or having mm-hmm. certainties? Because certainty, I'm just about how important certainty is in our lives for mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't do well with anything that's uncertain. And right. at the very least, we all, especially as we start going into adulthood, when we start going out on our own and start making our own lives, we have a an inclination to look for things that can be or are certain. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's looking for a job, we're not just looking for a gig anymore. We're looking for a permanent position. Mm-hmm. You know, we start looking for family, building family, making mm-hmm. family that's going to last for the rest of your life. We start talking about, you know, pensions and retirements. And yeah. all. We just have this push towards certainty, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and especially religiously, we want to pursue what is factual from our perspective what is bedrock what's 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 immovable mm-hmm. and even if it doesn't follow in the path of what we grew up with we're still looking for that level of certainty or just being sure of something yeah. because um I, I don't know if it's because you know we we know things are going to get chaotic or because things are already chaotic and we just want something to hold on to mm-hmm. but that certainty in the midst of chaos is is an excellent understanding because like if you're yeah. certain of something it really does help when you are in uncertain moments, even if it's not related to the thing that you're going absolutely. through. Does that make sense? Oh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like I was I was talking about my kind of elementary understanding of peace when I was younger, and it was kind of like, I won't have to deal with the chaos because I have peace. It was kind of like a either or. But I think as, as you grow and as your relationship with God matures and grows, when we kind of have this understanding and um, uh, that, that we're not in control then it becomes a little bit easier uh, to just lean into that faith and to just lean into that certainty that that we were talking about. Because if you truly believe that God is in control of everything, then you can you can have peace in, in knowing that you're rooted and grounded 
in the most, the only thing, I guess, that is certain, right, which is, which is God and which is the presence of him, you can have that peace and being grounded in that while there is still chaos going on everywhere else. That's what peace has, has meant to me. And even in times of, of personal chaos or, or trials, being present enough to say, this is really painful. I don't know what the purpose of this is. I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. Being able to acknowledge and feel that and to also say, thank you, God, for being with me through this pain is where I still feel a sense of peace. I think it's in knowing that even when you're in the darkest of times, knowing that you're not alone in the dark. It's not that you won't experience any darkness. It's that you won't experience any of it alone. And that gives me peace. I'm so sorry. You just reminded me of Linus from Charlie Brown. Like, do you remember? Do you remember Linus from Charlie Brown? Vaguely. Okay. I wasn't a super you, fan. You remember but... the Charlie Brown? Yes. You know the. the I'm familiar. Show, right? Yes. Yeah, but Linus was the boy. That's the one with the blanket. Around. Yep. Mm-hmm. Linus had a Linus had a blanket. He had a security blanket. But I remember. <laughs> I'm sorry for this reference. I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's all right. But <laughs> on the Christmas episode of Charlie Brown, like. Linus was pressed by his sister because Linus had his blanket. He carried it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he just, no matter school, playground, baseball field, Linus right, always right. had his blanket. And so his sister, Lucy, uh, asked him, what are you going to do when you grow up and turn and, and that blanket, you know, and you can't carry that blanket around with you to your job. And Linus said, you know what? Maybe I'll turn it into a sport coat. Mm. And that really baffled me, like, as far as, like, trying to, Go you know, ahead, Linus, reconcile the ingenuity. idea of peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, exactly. But it's just that blanket was his security and he took it to all mm-hmm. the places that he went in life, even though the blanket itself had no relevance. But mm-hmm. the blanket was his certainty. It was his mm-hmm. comfort zone. It was the source of his personal peace. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we knew about Linus from the show was that Linus was the source of wisdom. Linus was pretty much the wise voice of Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. And so whenever Charlie Brown needed advice, Linus always had something that was very enlightening. And he was a stable character and he was the brilliance of the show. And so when he would take his blanket to places that the blanket didn't necessarily belong, you know, in those moments, it, it didn't matter that he had his blanket and it didn't matter where he was because Linus had a level of stability with Mm -hmm. his blanket that Mm -hmm. allowed him to move into different territories Mm -hmm. and so that certainty i think of when it comes to the way we live and the way we move like if we have a certainty in something if we just have something internally that grounds us Mm -hmm. then it helps us move in all the other elements of life yes you know even if it doesn't have specific relevance i could you know be trying something brand new i could be you know starting a business or something i've never started a business before i don't have any expertise i don't have any experience but if I say have a confidence that when I come home at night, I'm going to be able to sit comfortably in my favorite chair mm-hmm. and it's going to be there with a, you know, with a, with a, a cup of coffee or something like that, because that's the anchor of my life. Mm-hmm. Then it gives me the latitude to reach out into other spaces. Mm-hmm. And I think about that when it comes to peace now that, you know, the kind of connection has been made. But that's exactly what I see peace is doing for us is mm-hmm. it doesn't stabilize everything specifically as in it makes everything um you know, um, easy, but mm-hmm. it does allow us to have enough confidence to move into uncharted territory mm. because we have something in us that says there's peace somewhere in the world for you. Mm-hmm. And that certainty gives us a lot of comfort. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as you were talking about that, it, it got me thinking about, um, attachment 
and and relationships because you were saying how that stability allows us to have I mean what sounds like courage to step out into the world and go and face these unknown things because we know where our peace and stability lies and when we talk about relationships and I think it's relevant because I mean we have a relationship with God and that's the one that needs the most that needs a lot of nurturing but that relationship and all secure relationships and secure attachment, they only are healthy and secure because uh, we know that whoever it is that we're attached to is going to be there. It's because of the the security oh. in knowing that we have that solid kind of base. Um, and one of the kind of pillars of attachment is responsiveness and like responding to one's needs. And so when we think about responding to needs and having our needs met, God does that every single day. So not only is he always meeting our needs and he, we know that he's always going to be there, he's not going to go anywhere. We can access that peace whenever we need it. That is what gives us the courage to go out into the world and go out into the unknown and face all of these chaotic things because we know where to go in order to be rooted and be grounded and to have that safety in relationship and to have that that peace. Valid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that, that, that level of certainty really is more than just us having the actual thing itself be certain but it's much more how convicted are we of its certainty mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. like uh, when we when we find our our comfort zones or when we find the things that you know allow us to have some sort of uh i guess the word i'll use is a uh, uh some sort of harmony in our lives mm-hmm. you know as long as we're convicted of that then peace begins to reflect because I've seen people reject stability Mm. for something that's unstable, but it brings them peace because they're convicted of the unstable things, stability. Does that make sense? I think so. So even if it isn't as stable as they perceive it to be, that conviction that it's, that it is stable still gives, gives some of that stability or still gives some of that peace. Exactly. And we, 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 um, when we find that thing or when we find whatever it is that we're convicted of, it's like we'll often even give it excuses when it proves itself to be unstable. Let me give an example, I guess. When mm-hmm. we talk about maybe sports, mm-hmm. um, some people grow up in sports as their anchor, it's their lifeline, it's how they get through the world, it's how they express themselves. But we already know that sports is unstable. You know, at any moment you can be injured, at any moment you mm-hmm. can be cut, at any moment you cannot make it to the next level. But if that's your source of stability, then you're going to find a way to be involved because of your conviction of that of that sport in your life. You know, even people, let's say, that want to make it to the NBA or want to make it to the NFL, and they don't make it to the league. They don't make it to, you know, the professional rank that they want to. Well, you know, that, that may not have been ideal, but... I'm still going to find myself a G League game, you know what I'm saying? Or I'm still Mm going to find a pickup game where I'm still, I will alter my lifestyle to fit in my comfort or my whatever it is that that I'm certain of, even if it proves itself to be unstable. Mm -hmm. And on a spiritual level, we do the same thing from my perspective. And that is we understand the stability of God, but how valuable is that if the stability of God isn't 
you know, isn't met with our conviction. Hmm. If we don't have the conviction in God, then we're never going to find peace in God because mm-hmm. you have to be convicted of God in order to find that ultimate peace and stability. Man, I do. And you know what's wild is that all those examples that you give, we go to all these lengths to find this ability and things that that aren't supposed to serve us in that way. Whereas we have God who's here and unmoving and the most stable thing, but we have a hard time trusting and being convicted in, in that spiritual stability, which I mean, I think just really speaks to our humanness maybe, yeah. but when just as, as you were talking, I was like, wow, we really do sometimes kind of jump through hoops to hold on to something that we want to be true or to hold on to something that we that we hope will give us some sort yeah. of peace when we have God who's just here whole time, has not moved, has not wavered, and is offering freely this peace and stability that we so desperately want and we look for it in, in so many different ways. And it's, I mean, I think peace is much more accessible than we think or or than we maybe have been conditioned to believe even within the church, you know. Um, peace has, has kind of been held as like this um, milestone, yeah. you know, and it's the whole conversation about, oh, just keep living. If you haven't found it, just keep living and then you'll, you know, you go through some things <laughs> and then that's when you, and so it's it, it kind of is, has almost been, presented as this like a badge of honor right like you can't feel peace and until you've gone through x y and z and it's made it a little bit less accessible but as we're talking about it and i just think about who god is and how accessible god is to us and how accessible the holy spirit is and that type of accessibility i think the that peace is is mixed up in all of that and and so yeah, it's yeah. i mean it's that has that's something that has been really helpful to me in my in my personal walk is recognizing that I can have access to this peace even while I'm still growing, even if I haven't gone through, you know, as tumultuous of a life as, as the next person, even if I'm, you know, I'm not a senior saint yet. So I don't, you know, that, (laughs) that recognizing that God doesn't need us to wait until we hit rock bottom to be able to access that peace has been pretty, pretty mind-blowing for me i think i think that's a huge mental shift and it's hard to explain sometimes because it's like it's a nuanced perspective but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's like that's really 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 important Mm -hmm. like very 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 important because like how often do we ask god beg god for peace it's like we pray peace over people we pray Mm -hmm. peace over our own lives we pursue it and it's so so diligently Mm -hmm. that it's like that mental shift by itself Mm-hmm. changes so much about how we engage God yeah. when it comes to understanding peace because now we stop treating peace as if it's as we're saying at the finish line mm-hmm. and we start treating peace as if it's available and accessible now mm-hmm. before I go through whatever it is I'm going to go through and even as right. I go through what it is I'm currently going through right right now peace. from a spiritual perspective I want to ask mm-hmm. um how did you or at least what was it that that changed your perspective of peace hmm i it it was it was when and i don't know exactly how i got here in my like spiritual journey sometimes i think as christians that we go through different phases where like we're 
we're learning, you know, specific kind of lessons or we are experiencing different things spiritually. And so for me, there was a time where I was really coming to terms with what it really meant to relinquish control and what it really meant to give something to God rather than to just say you're going to give it to God, but then, you know, still try to hold on to it. And it was in all of, in, in that growth, I think that the peace kind of came along with it. I, I really recognized how liberating it is to just give everything to God, to my mantra. And I know you've heard me say, but my mantra is, you know, there's liberation and surrender. And what that meant to me was when I finally, when I finally let go of the things that didn't belong to me, it just felt so peaceful because I could just be, and I could exist without this pressure that I was putting on myself to, to do all these things or to make sure that things went a specific way and trying to have control in areas of my life where it just didn't belong to me. So kind of having that mental shift to say, this is not mine to even try to hold on to. I don't have any control over what other people are thinking and doing. I don't have very much control over the trajectory of my life. I, I can I can do what I think is right, but it, it might go completely left. And that doesn't mean that I did anything wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm in the wrong place. It just maybe means that God has something else for me. And it was, you know, I've had some twists and turns and some unexpected kind of things happen, but every time something like that happened, it always ended up so much better than where I thought I was taking myself. And that really helped me. (laughs) That just really helped me to say, you know what? I'm just going to wipe my hands of of most of this. That's when I I stopped. I stopped really making plans like that. Um, And it was just a relief to know, you know what? The one who is in control, I, I have so much more faith in his ability to make decisions for my life than I have in my own abilities. And I find peace in that. I find peace in knowing that I am surrendering to an all-powerful, all-knowing being. If I, yeah. you, you know what I mean? And it's like we, sure. hold, we hold on so much to what we believe to be true, but who gave me this knowledge that I have anyway? And the one who gave it to me knows so much more. So I'm trying to make decisions with my very limited knowledge and human understanding and perspective. So that kind of surrender and letting go of control yeah. was monumental in my understanding of, of peace because even in that surrender, nothing in my environment changed. Nothing around me was changing. Everything was still exactly how it was, you know, a few weeks before, you know, I, I kind of came to that conclusion. And so that was when I saw like, wait a minute, it doesn't, you don't have to wait until everything around you is calm. That's not the only way to find peace when everything is, you know, when, I, when every piece of the puzzle falls into place, you know, you ha- like you have to wait until all of that to find peace. But that was what gave me the most peace was in knowing, oh, I'm not in control and I'm not supposed to be and I don't have to be. Yeah, wow. And that was what it was for me. Say your mantra again. Go ahead and say, say the, the, mantra. There's, the mantra. There's liberation in surrender. We need her to say that at least twice every episode. <laughs> so if you if you if you like to count, then count how many times she says it because I want to hold her accountable <laughs> to saying it over and over. We need her to say it over and over. I, I got it. I got you. Please. <laughs> Because there is nothing more important than hearing over and over, this is not your world. Mm-hmm. This is not your world. This world does not belong to you. If you've ever tried to navigate 
somebody else's house that you've Mm -hmm. never been into, Mm -hmm. then you're always going to be lost. Everything is going to be a question of, well, what if I can't find this? What if I can't find that? Well, it's not your house. Right. It's not your house. You know, you're you're a guest. And that's how I kind of think of it when Mm -hmm. we think of our own existence when it comes to our relationship with God. It's like, this is his creation. Mm. This is his, uh, uh, this is what he breathed, breathed his breath into it's like this is the in, uh, the act of god we were not here when god formed the world we yeah. were not here when god made the decision to form us we weren't here when he put our psyche together we weren't here when he set our our, our trajectory in place we weren't here for any of that and so when we think about life and all the things we try to control please understand that even in your experience you're still walking into a room with closed eyes in some senses mm-hmm. it's a dark room because we don't know exactly what's going to go on in our own day to day and when you can accept is everything you were explaining, the fact that we are people that are in somebody else's house, well then the only thing you have to have, you know, in your in your in your mind now is just ask the host yes. where stuff is. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That and 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 I hear what you're saying, because like that makes it easier. Mm-hmm. When I'm in my house and I got to get something, I know where it is. So mm-hmm. I know I got to go, uh, you know, down the hallway or I got to go in this cabinet under this thing. I got to go in this closet or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I know how to do the work. So I do the work. But when I'm in somebody else's house, even though I may not like not knowing where everything is, I also find ease in finding out all I have to do is ask where it is. Like, and they'll right. bring it to me. Because the person and who then, owns this house knows where everything is. Everything. They it's put like, it there. And they go get it for you. Yes. You know, Imagine how much chaos if you came into somebody else's house trying to run things in somebody else's it, house. It ain't yours. <laughs> it's not. It ain't yours. You're going to mess up what somebody else put in place. And then they're going to have to come back behind you and fix it. And fix it. Mm-hmm. And fix it. And that's that thought. I think really encapsulates what we're what we're doing when it comes to how we function in this world. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's like every day we get other reminders. It's ironic that so many lessons are so hard for us to receive, but every day we get reminders that we are not in complete control. Mm-hmm. All we can control almost in reality is our reactions to things mm-hmm. because I can't even control exactly what's going to happen. So now all I can control is the aftermath. And so right. that should allow us to see regularly that if I want to make it in a world that doesn't belong to me and I believe in the creator of this world, then that's what you lean on if you want to navigate this terrain mm-hmm. because you're only going to ruin things. Some people just kind of put it, on, put it on the back burner because it's just like, you know what, I'll make it, I'll figure it out, I'll try to find my way. And eventually a reason why people come to God in the first place is because you have that experience when you realize that it's absolutely okay that this is not my project. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's absolutely okay that I belong to somebody or that somebody formed and created me and knows me and understands what I need because that's what's eventually going to make all the things that I'm trying to accomplish work together. Mm-hmm. You know, there's rooms that the host wants me to sit in. Mm-hmm. I may walk in and try to sit at the dining room table and the host says, no, 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 couch. You know what I'm mm, saying? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Or, or, you know, it's like I, I, I need to use the bathroom. It's like, I don't know that the bathroom downstairs is broken. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that that one is under construction. And so I'm trying, I need to go to another one. But if I'm always trying to put my hand in a world that doesn't belong to me or try to control a world that doesn't belong to me, then I'm always going to be not just lost, but frustrated. Yes, extremely. Yeah. And I think that's when sometimes we feel like God has abandoned or forsaken us because of the frustration 
but we're the authors of that frustration and that disappointment. So that mindset shift and recognizing I'm just causing more turmoil for myself by trying to hold on to something that that doesn't belong to me. And I think, you know, I kind of get a visual, right? When we talk about like giving things to God, when we're so hesitant to do it, it's like we're trying to hold on to it. It's like, no, no, don't take it. Like this kind of tug of war, but recognizing it didn't belong to you in the first place. I'm like, oh, my bad. Here, here, take it, please. Oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a different type of letting go. It's like, oh, let me give this back because I shouldn't have grabbed it in the first place. This is yours. I don't even want it. Don't even want it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that that when we, well, actually, not, I think what what do you think? At least when it comes to um, uh, when it, when it comes to navigating, when it comes to being patient enough, I guess to navigate. Um, what do you think is a really practical thought or tip or something that you would give to people who are really just trying to get a hold on life? Mm. I don't know. Um, you know, I the first thing that comes to mind is if if you if you call yourself a believer, then just think about how much worse things would be if you were going through it without God. I think we we feel like God isn't here. He's left me because if he was here then this would not be happening, right? Um, but that I mean, that sounds like you can predict the future and that like, you know exactly what should be happening and when it should. But, and so to say God has left me because I'm uncomfortable here, I think is, well, incorrect, but also that is going to, that's going to really kind of, um, I don't know. I think that your, your image of God is going to shift and it's, it's going to put distance. It's going to put distance there. Yeah. So thinking about how much more painful it would be if he wasn't here with me. I think that, that, um, I don't know, kind of reignites the faith and says he, he is here, but he never said that everything was going to be easy. I don't know. I just, whenever I think about people who are trying to get things together and they're frustrated with God and upset with God, it's always because they're uncomfortable. And that's when we feel like God has left us the most. He never told us anything was going to be comfortable that's where you find the most growth anyway is in the the discomfort. So I think it's twofold. I think I would say, and I do tell people lean into the discomfort because that means that you're growing and also know that God has not forsaken you. Um, and it would be even more uncomfortable if you were not here with you. Oh yeah. I think that's, oh, yeah. that's where I would start. What, what kind of tips would, would you give? You know, we're, well, I, I would like to hear from your perspective as well. Because, you know, I can talk and I'll continue to talk. And you've been asking me lots of questions today. And I just realized you didn't ask me about three full 511 questions. So give me some of your perspective. <laughs> I tried. I tried. You did. Tried. You did. did. It was a good effort. <laughs> um, I forgot the question. What did I ask? Well, I think you said, what are some, some practical things that you would tell somebody who's trying to get a hold of, of their life? So maybe what would you say to someone who is feeling some of that frustration uh that that we're talking about from really trying to hold on to that control and to somebody who's trying to have control in somebody else's house well actually it started with the question that's how well has that worked out for you mm-hmm. like, i love um, that question <laughs> is is i think like and i it's something that i'm trying to do especially since like generally i find myself in a position of of being the 
the teacher or mm-hmm. like the the preacher, the educator in the circumstance. But um, I don't I don't have many answers. I believe the answer, questions are best answered through self assessment. Mm. You know, it's like you you've got you've got some conclusions in you, and in reflection, in your best effort, how has forcing control worked out for your experience Mm. and i think we generally can agree that most of us have had the same experiences um and the most even the most successful people even the people that have had a lot of um um, a a lot of success in in managing their life you know some people are just like that i'm super super envious of they're they're just like visionary captains like Mm -hmm. whatever they think of whatever they want to accomplish in life they do it you know, they, they just, you know, if they want to reach this goal, they hit it. They want to, um, you know, they want this style of family, they get it. And so there's some people I know that are actually like that. But one thing that they'll agree on as well is that on their way to getting it, there were so many twists, turns, and roadblocks mm-hmm. that the only thing that kept them going is their confidence in what was eventually going to come. Mm-hmm. And so they found themselves having to turn different pathways and finding themselves having to adjust because life threw things at them that they didn't expect, but it was on their way to what they were trying to accomplish, feel, or experience. And when it comes to the spiritual life, which is what I eventually wanted to speak to, uh, when it comes to God, it's the pursuit of God that mm-hmm. gives us the stability or the confidence or the certainty that we need. It's just like that. my favorite book, a uh, spiritual book, is called... Um, um, the Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozier. And basically the book is just about the experience of chasing after God. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how important that was until it sat with me for years mm-hmm. because we're always trying to find that place in the relationship where we're good. Kind of like we talked about earlier in the conversation, like we're always trying to attain the finish line result of peace or God. It's like when I get to this place with God or when I restore my relationship with God or when God gives me this particular status or whatever it is, you know, that's when we feel that we're going to be at peace and we're always pushing the finish line forward. But when it comes to our actual experience with peace, I would say it comes with the continuous pursuit. You know, I don't have an answer for you that's going to give you peace right now, but keep chasing after God. And mm-hmm. what you'll find is the more you chase after him, the more you find him, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and you're always going to be chasing, not like you're chasing, like you're behind the eight ball as if he can't be attained, mm-hmm. but you're chasing him because every step you take puts you in a new context, which puts your mind in a new context, which puts your perspective of God in a new context. And so now every new phase of life, you're continuing to see God in your circumstances. And that gives you the the the, the confidence to know like, yo, God really can show up anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like he really can show up even mm-hmm. though life has changed. It's like in my previous station of life, he was there, but my station of life is different now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to have to continue to pursue. It's like now where'd he go? As you were saying, a minute ago, it's like, well, now I'm uncomfortable. Now I'm confused because this is a new station. Well, if God can show up in the place you were at, then mm-hmm. he can show up in the place you will be at. Right. You know, so when we, that's that's the advice literally I'll give is learn how to pursue, you know, and just like with anything, when you talk to people who have been through the journey, they're going to talk to you not about the results. They're going to talk to you about the journey, mm-hmm. how you, not just how they got there, but how to love the process of getting there. Because I idolize my heroes. You know, when I look at people that I admire and I want life like them, it's like I want to be exactly where they are. But somebody said something in an interview not long ago and it hit me pretty hard. And that is like, you know, um, 
I'm a Disney fan. So they they say, you know, there will never be there will never be another Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. So stop trying to be Walt Disney because whatever it is you're going to do, it's going to be different. The next Disney isn't going to be Disney. The next Steve Jobs isn't going to be Steve Jobs. The next, you know, Jeff yeah. Bezos isn't going to be Jeff yeah. Bezos. And so when we talk about how different our journeys are, it's the commitment to the pursuit that's going to eventually put us in the place that gives us enough confidence to continue to push forward. Because now it's just like, you know, I may not know where I'm going, but I know God will show up where I am. Yeah. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah. I I, I think that um, that puts it in a, in a different perspective because I don't know that we have to like try to bring God with us anywhere because that implies that we, you know, can forget and leave him behind. Maybe sometimes we can, but he's going to be where you are, you know, Absolutely. rather than like, okay, I'm, I'm bringing this, I'm packing this. And oh no, I forgot to, I forgot to pack God. Let me go back and get him. Like he's still <laughs> waiting where you left him. Like, no, God is, God will meet you wherever you are. If, if you are willing to engage him there and that's that puts the responsibility back back on us and i think in this whole conversation about peace um i didn't always realize how much of a responsibility we had and i guess in that responsibility how much more control we have over being able to find and feel that peace so to me there's there's more comfort in that there's more comfort in knowing Okay, so as long as I'm always chasing after God, like you said, and as long as I'm always engaging God wherever I am, then I can have that peace. And we look for control in so many different ways where it doesn't belong to us, but this is kind of where we can have some. So putting that into perspective as well, I think is pretty empowering and, and encouraging to say you can absolutely, because you can always access God, you can always access peace. That would be without question, without question. That's like... It's it's not and in that in that regard, I feel like it's not like you're challenging God, like daring him to show up, but right. it's believing that God being certain mm-hmm. that God will show up in that level of 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 conviction honestly meshes a lot of the scriptures together because sometimes I think about um Gideon, you know, the old testament Bible mm-hmm. character. He was the one who we know as the one who tried or que- not questioned God, but tested God in a sense. Uh, because, you know, he said, you know, pretty much, God, if this is you, if this is your will, right. then, you know, when I wake up in the morning, then let there be some dew on the grass in the mm-hmm. morning, you know. On, mm-hmm. on the, so when he put God to the test like that, God showed up and did the thing to prove that he was there. And so I often struggle with that, being honest, because I was just like, you know, I feel like I've been taught or I feel like I've learned that, you know, you don't you don't test God, you trust God. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, whenever you move into a new station of life, believing that God will show up there, that's what you're doing. Mm. You know, you're you're saying that, God, I trust, I believe that you're going to be where I'm going. I expect you to be there, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not like I'm questioning you, wondering necessarily. But because I know you, I need to be sure um, in my own heart that you're mm-hmm. going to be where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And that's a kind of trusting and testing and, and, and being convicted that I, 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 uh, I support wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just like now it's not about, you know, cause there, there's, if we're being honest as Christians, there's, there's so many unanswered questions, Yeah, you know, about what God wants us to do, where God wants us to be, how God wants us to function in certain spaces. And so knowing that or being sure of that, or actually believing that, should open the door to us recognizing that we can't, number one, we can't force any conclusion out of God. 
Right. You know, we can't tell God this is what you're going to do, but we can listen intently enough to see that wherever I am, God is still speaking. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter where I go. He knows where I am and he can see me and hear me. And that's a really, that's been a really important lesson, at least to me, Mm because like when you know, you feel lost like all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if you have like, like those like uh, geographical type of fears, but like I often imagine. I get lost all the time. Man. Well, I mean, just like, I'm I'm terrified of like the deep ocean. Mm, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Like, I think it's, I forgot what it's called. Uh, There's actually a name for it. Open water. And yeah, yeah. Like when you're far out Mm -hmm. into open water, Mm -hmm. you can't see shore. And like also like images where it's just like extremely vast, Mm -hmm. deep, dark waters. Like I am terrified of that. (laughs) Because I think like, what if I was out there by myself? The same thing with outer space. I know mm-hmm. it's weird, but like I feel like, what if I was in outer space and I got untethered from my ship and I was just floating in the darkness? Like those big open spaces for me, like are terrifying. It's one of those types of fears. Mm-hmm. But it's just that it's because it's just like I feel like I'm so lost without any possible sense of direction and uncertain of what's around me that I can't live like that. It's a constant state of anxiety. Mm. But even in an internal sense, life feels like that. Mm. It's like we're floating and unsure and questioning and don't have any sense of direction. But when you start believing that God can literally find, not just find you, but knows where you are, wherever you are, that's been a doorway to peace for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you were talking about how um, life just feels like you're kind of lost out there in the openness and um not really having anything to to tether you to right how what what's been maybe one of the most kind of impactful like lessons or things to help you uh be able to feel peace or find peace when when you're feeling lost and like there's nothing to ground you that's two questions for you you are out of questions um, I disagree, and you will answer. <laughs> uh, honestly, like I, I, I'll ask because that's a really, really well. But it's question. it's because like as you were talking about that, you know, I, I because I, I work in mental health and and I talk to so many people about anxiety, and it's just such a universal experience. And you described it so well how it just feels like you're out there floating with nothing to hold on to. And that's just such a, it's a really relatable experience, I think. And earlier you were talking about, you know, how you're a lot of times in the role of teacher um, and how even in that role, we can we can play so many roles and we can do so many things and have so many things and accomplishments. And from the outside looking in, we can, you know, have these certain, I don't know, uh, positions and still internally feel like we're just just floating. And I think a lot of people can really relate to that. I don't know. So I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Have, have you been able to feel peace while floating or can those not, not coexist? Oh, well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm actually glad you, you asked that also because it's kind of a, they're kind of words that I have to put together for this phase in my life specifically mm. um, because um, it's almost like reverse engineering, but when I feel extremely lost, I really do retrace my steps. Mm. Like I ask myself the question, how did I get here? 
because that's e- that's actually really easy to find out. Mm. You know, not necessarily how did the things that happened happen, mm-hmm. but you know, because I don't I don't try to give answers to the question of how what happened happened. I don't know how it yeah. happened; it just happened. And so, in retrospect, I'm thinking this did happen, and I felt this way about it. But before it happened, I was thinking this way, and so when like this train of thought ran into this train of thought, then it created a experience that Mm -hmm. is new territory for me Mm -hmm. but i know how i got here Mm -hmm. and so even if i don't know where i'm going from that point forward just being able to connect the past dots has -hmm. been able to help me at least not feel as lost Mm -hmm. because it's just like no no it's like no you you know how you got here you've been through something and that something did something to you Mm -hmm. and like all those things that have come together and it's like now at this point it's like when you realize it's ironic how much how much peace you feel about the future when you've traced the steps of your past. Mm. And, you know, it's because it's just like, even though if mm. we were to compare today to where we were 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. we would be like, wait, what? Because, mm-hmm. like, that's literally what's happened for a lot of our lives. It's just we've ended up in places we never expected to be. We followed career paths we never expected to follow. We built relationships we never expected to build. And so it's like if we were just comparing the moments, it'd be, it'd be obvious that we're worlds apart from where we were. Mm-hmm. But if we traced our steps, then those paths make sense. Mm-hmm. And so going into the future, you realize that even if you do, again, feel lost or way out there and, you know, without a without a raft or without a lifeline you have been here before mm-hmm. just not in this place you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like i might not have been here before but i've been yeah. lost before yeah and that's a really important distinction to make because now it's just like i was lost in the forest before and that was terrifying now i'm lost in the mountains and the mountains mm-hmm. are different mm-hmm. but i know what lost feels like yeah. and i know that i can follow my steps and mm-hmm. so that's been like you know then again it's just like you know what I feel confident enough now to leave the mountain and go to, you know, the the swamps because yeah. it's like I may not know what's at the swamps right now, but I do know that I've been lost a couple times before. Therefore, whatever I'm doing in the future, I can retrace my steps to follow, you know, how I got to where I am and also I can be found no matter where I go. Yeah. And also that kind of thing gives the confidence for anybody, I believe, to step into new phases of their own life. Uh, because we're all experiencing moments where we have to make big decisions where the things that we were planning for a long time either don't come into fruition or they lead us to a different route and you know sometimes we step into careers and things and it's just like you know we've spent a hundred thousand dollars in college and we've spent time and hours and you know time of of, of so much time in our lives pursuing these things Mm -hmm. but then like you know what I'm saying? I, I, I have a degree in English. Like, how in the world am I a mechanic now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So it's like, it's, it happens to us so frequently that we have to learn the skill of mm-hmm. being lost. Because I believe that being able to be lost wow. and keep moving forward is a gift and it's a skill. Because, like, not many people know how to do it. That's where we freeze up. That's where we get stuck and lost. I love that you just said that being lost is a skill. So I'm hearing you describe what sounds like hindsight to me. That's one of the things that that you use when you're feeling lost because you know that you've been here before. And in hindsight, looking back, because those times when you were lost in the past, you probably didn't know how you were going to get through it. So in the moment, in, in present time, maybe we don't see it. We don't really see the way out. But in hindsight, we can see, okay, wait a minute. I've felt this way before. I've been here before in some way, shape, or form, and I have gotten through that and have gotten out of it. 
And so saying, you know, it's, it's a skill to be lost. I, I just really love that because I think it's inevitable and we're all going to be in situations and circumstances that we haven't been in before. And one could say that anytime you're in a new environment, you're lost essentially. And being able to um, accept that is a gift in itself because the opposite of acceptance is, is resistance. And so just think about it. if you're in a new environment where you don't actually know anything and you're resisting the fact that you don't know, yeah. that's not going to gonna, gonna get you where, where you need to be. So simply accepting, you know, I do not know what this is or where this is taking me or what is supposed to happen here. And I am actually kind of lost here. I think that acceptance and that, I mean, surrender, because I'm say it again, there's liberation and surrender. I think that, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of helps us to cultivate that skill of being lost because we know that it's temporary. So while I'm in this temporary space, what tools or what resources can help me to stay in this temporary space um, and maintain a level of, of peace? I really, I'm, I like that. I'm going to be thinking about that. Were you a reckless child? Me? I don't think so. I always liked rules and things. I always followed I them. I was reckless. I'm still a little reckless, but I was a reckless child. I think I'm more reckless like, now than I was in childhood, to be honest. But you know, <laughs> but that's good. You, you, you. Sometimes you have to, you have to, uh -huh. you have to get familiar with it. But I was a reckless child, meaning like if I got lost in something, I really got lost in something. Mm -hmm. I was always at a park, or we were always at a game, or a sports field, or somewhere. Um, and I would always not. I would always disappear. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was gone though. You were one of those. You were a wanderer. That was, I really was a wanderer. I was, but I was usually at a snack bar or a playground, like one of the two things. You could usually find me there. But aside from that, like I got so engaged in what I was doing and I was so comfortable being free. But I realized later, of course, I was comfortable because I had parents there. Yeah. Like when I was at, I remember like we, when I would go to the beach and I had, there was a parent or adult there with me. And you know, when you go to the beach with kids, just like, they just kind of get lost doing mm -hmm. things. Just, I'd end up like a hundred yards down the coast, but, um, even ending up that far, um, down the coast, I didn't know that I was out there. I was just on an adventure. But the mm -hmm. reason why I felt so free is because I knew that I had an anchor point, mm -hmm. you know, wherever we had our parent, wherever they were sitting or wherever the wherever the cooler was pretty much. Yeah. I was able to reference back there. So I was able to look up every now and then and like say to myself, like, OK, we're like super far from the cooler. Let's go back. Mm -hmm. You know, or if I was at a park, it's like I know where the field, where the game was. And so mm -hmm. I'd be like, OK, the game's almost over, whatever. Let's go back. But when I was places by myself, I felt much less confident because there was no anchor. Mm -hmm. Because now I really was just wandering. Mm -hmm. Because now if I'm at a park and I don't have a parent there or something like that, it's just like there's no place where I can feel, you know, comfortable as 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 like this is where I belong. So it's like if I really did wander too far. The question of the fear came in when I was just like, well, where am I supposed to go? Mm. And that was the most harmful part. That was the ter most terrifying part is not, you know, not being engaged in things. But it was when you realize, like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that was that was the scary part. And when it comes to spiritual maturity as well, that's also been a scary part. It's not the fact that you're in new territory. I don't think a lot of us realize it, but it's, it's not that, you know, this is uncharted territory. Because ironically, we'll go anywhere as long as we feel safe there. Mm -hmm. 
you know, if we, we've been in car rides and we've driven, you know, with our parents, of course, but when you, you didn't ask where you were in the middle of, you know, nowhere when they right. were driving, you just sat in the back seat and did what you were doing mm-hmm. because you don't feel as lost when you have an anchor point. And I think so many people are recognizing that, like, especially now that people are kind of dismissing um, religion in general, mm-hmm. um, collectively. Yeah. Um, it's just like there's... I think people are also realizing very quickly and simultaneously that it's like, even if I'm going to give up my faith, I'm going to have to replace it with something that serves as an anchor point to me. Yeah. Uh, somebody just said on Instagram, uh, I see what y'all did. Y'all gave up church for brunch. <laughs> <laughs> it, it killed me because it's true, yeah. but it made so much sense because I was wondering why a few years ago, I don't know if you heard of it, there's a church in the Bay area. Um, and they, are non-believe that it's not a church it's not a, it's not a church of any kind but it mirrors a church they're actually a group of atheists that gather i don't know if they still do but it was just a couple mm-hmm. years ago but when they gathered they would gather ironically on sunday mornings mm-hmm. they would sing songs together they would share a meal together and they would just be there to encourage each other so yeah, it's having church, church. <laughs> <laughs> it's church yeah, yeah exactly exactly and i found that ironic because beyond what we believe specifically there's something innate in us Mm. that needs anchor points Mm -hmm. and like even the things that we do now on weekends on brunch but like with like going to brunch after church like that's an anchor point for us it's community it's Mm -hmm. support it's engagement and when we have that it just makes us feel like there's somewhere in the world we belong it's why we build habits it's why we build rituals because we're searching for anchor points Mm. and anchor points are the catalyst to understanding peace you know they allow you to go far off but not too far off Mm -hmm. you know and if you have the ability to take your anchor points with you then that's when you learn how to move into new spaces while retaining peace Mm -hmm. and i think that's been really important because it gives you, it requires patience of you. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. But it also gives you the ability to know, like, you know, I can I can actually function in this world with all of its uncertainties. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This is getting good to me. This is getting good. Like, <laughs> having to remind myself, this is our, well, this is supposed to be our introduction episode. So I'm sure we will get into a lot of these things, a lot of these things and episodes to come. But if I could just if I could just summarize for a second, uh, a few kind of things are standing out to me as we're kind of defining peace. And it's 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 having an anchor, knowing where and how to access that anchor at, at any time. It's it's certainty in the midst of chaos and it is relinquishing control. Once you recognize that it doesn't belong to you, well, I think those are some of the ingredients, I guess, to to peace. Would you say so? Holla, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I don't have any word to add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, I'm, and I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I feel like a lot of us have matured over the years beyond our initial understanding of mm-hmm, peace mm-hmm. you know I, we understand now that peace isn't just this constant state of zen even right. though we do to try to pursue that sure um, which is a good thing on some levels i yeah. think i believe yeah because yeah. i still do it we all but um it it, it it i think we have to require ourselves to revoice our mm-hmm. thoughts on what peace is because it'll help us find clarity, especially now mm-hmm. when we actually understand what we believe about peace, mm-hmm. you know, because we're, we're searching for this vague term, mm-hmm. but 
what exactly does it look like at this phase in our lives is going to be really, really, really important, especially to the people that, you know, um, that understand adulthood is changing. Like growing up is changing. Coming into the world is changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like before it felt like growing up is like, like, it felt so streamlined. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, okay, you're going to go to school, you're going to turn 18, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a job, you're going to start a family, mm-hmm. you're going to save for your retirement, and eventually you're going to retire, and that's going to be it. Now, it's just like, it's it's normal, especially in California, it's normal to see somebody who's 35 and living at home and still kind of mm-hmm. hopping from side job to side job. It's like, now, that's not shameful, that's just something that people have learned to do in mm-hmm. managing their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, with this adjusting terrain, we're also having to learn how to adjust our approach to things that we thought were you know set in stone mm-hmm. life is different now so we yeah. have to adjust to it but like you said this is the first episode and we got so many more conversations to have <laughs> and so we're hoping really that you've been able to join in the conversation um hopefully during these conversations you can pause i don't know if you do it but i like to pause when i'm listening to people talk mm-hmm. and like talk also like i'm there too <laughs> Ooh, interactive so i like talk, that <laughs> exactly because i think like i'm a part of the dialogue i pause and listen to uh-huh. people talk like okay but wait you know so <laughs> hopefully you guys can engage in the conversation in your own way um again as we go forward i want to express my extreme gratitude um to miss lewis for joining us and for being such an integral part, not just of the podcast itself, but in the formation of it in the ministries and those sides. So thank God for you. And thank you for all that you're contributing, especially working with me. Lord, have mercy. Because apparently <laughs> the other people at the church tell me it's not easy. So um, thank you. <laughs> and thank you. No, I, I want to thank you for creating this platform. When you first brought this project to me, I was so excited about it because I just really feel like it's a very necessary space to occupy as the world is changing, as you mentioned, and as kind of our relationship to organized religion is is maybe shifting a little bit, I think it's really important to make space for this dialogue and for this conversation. So thank you for creating this platform and for giving me a mic because I will talk. I will. I will talk. <laughs> but, I know um, I chose the right person because I'm like, <laughs> exactly. But I'm, I'm I'm grateful that that God put it on your heart. Um, and I'm excited to see where, where it's going to go. So thank you, everybody, for listening and, and for joining. We will continue to talk your ear off as long as you let us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for you guys. Um, right? That's where we're going to close for today. We look forward to more conversations in the future. And if you all don't mind, then we're going to conclude with a word of prayer. So um, if you would, engage God in the word with me. Let us together pray. Our Lord and our God, we are again thankful that you have blessed us so tremendously with this opportunity to even engage in conversation regarding peace. Mm -hmm. Lord, we understand that it was your intention through Jesus Christ to bring peace to the world. Lord, even before we talk about the the churches that we go to or the, the faith that we grew up with, Lord, we're just thankful that you have looked at us and said that these people need peace. Mm -hmm. So Lord, we're asking that you bless us as we learn how to lean on you, as we learn how to learn as we learn how to change and grow and transition, Father, because going into the future, we need you desperately. Mm -hmm. Lord, we're asking that you bless us and keep us now in Jesus' name. We pray this prayer in all prayers. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you guys, Ms. Camille. Thank you. Thank you. And we will convene for now, but we will see you all next time. May God bless you and may God keep you. You guys be well. Bye.